European colonial rule across Africa lasted over 70 years. During this time, communities were not only physically uprooted, resettled or irrevocably changed forever, but their identity was at best ignored and in many cases destroyed. In the grand scheme of colonial rule, renaming areas seems fairly mild, but it wasn't. It was in fact the colonialists' final stamp in making African lands their own. This is Shadows of German Colonialism. Let's take Mount Kilimanjaro, Africa's most famous and highest mountain, as an example. For centuries, the Chaga people lived on the slopes of this marvelous natural wonder. They called the summit Kibo. But for much of modern history, Tanzanian children were taught that Kilimanjaro was discovered in 1848 by a German missionary named Johannes Rebmann. One of them is Nyaka Sururu, a veteran historian and activist based in Berlin. He recalls telling his grandmother what he learned at school growing up on the slopes of Kilimanjaro. There was a kind of anger in her eyes and she said, what did you say? I said, yeah, our teacher, Mr. Henry, taught us that, that Rebman discovered the mountain Kilimanjaro. She told him, shut up. <laughs> and tomorrow we are going together to the school. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I started feeling so bad because my grandmother, she cannot read, she cannot write. And now she's, she's bringing me to the school, in front of the school, to talk with the teacher. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nyaka says his grandmother was cheered when she gave the teacher a piece of her mind. But the lesson she gave him afterwards also stayed with him. This mountain, it is the one which is giving us food and each and everything. Without the mountain, we are no longer people of Kilimanjaro as Wachaga and we cannot live without the mountain. This cultural importance was hardly concerning to German geographer Hans Meyer when he actually reached the summit in 1889 and renamed it Kaiser Wilhelm Spitze. This was just one of countless examples across Africa of European explorers forcing a European identity on German lands. Local names were devalued and in some cases forgotten, says Tanzanian historian Justina Samuel Komba. Most of the colonial governments, not just in Tanzania, but even in other African countries, they imposed their identity. You know, they had that mentality of saying that we came to civilize you. In the East African Rift Valley, Lake Victoria is still named after the 19th century British monarch. Namibia, Germany's only settler colony, is still full of German names. This includes, from a colonial perspective at least, the highly controversial town of Luderitz, named after the first German to buy vast tracts of land there, setting off colonial expansion in the region. Recently though, there have been some initiatives to rename the town. But renaming famous landmarks was part of something darker. German geographers at the time of colonialism, like Friedrich Ratzel, influenced colonial thinking by proposing that Germany, as a strong nation, had a right to expand into so-called weaker states. The ideology of Lebensraum, or living space, was used to justify German colonialism 
And for that, conquered lands had to be made amenable to German culture. Also, Lebensraum later became a key tenant of national socialist thinking. Stripping the land of a people, even after livelihoods were wrecked through colonial suppression and violence, was a defining factor in establishing complete control. And it was a factor that the Tanzanians resisted until first the German colonists left in 1918 and then the British in the 1960s, says Nyaka Sururu. And then the names which the Europeans, the colonialists brought there, they are not for us and we cannot take them. They did force but in our hearts, still it, was, it wasn't that way. And for me, you find if we would still go on calling it Wilhelm speak, for me it is like a tree without roots. But how to remember the colonial times is challenging and it has been handled differently. One example is Hermann von Wismann's notorious legacy in East Africa. In the early 1900s, the dashing adventurer and military man was nicknamed Germany's greatest African. In 1905, a statue of him was erected in Dar es Salaam, and in the German capital Berlin and elsewhere, streets were named in his honor. To find such streets here in Berlin, I said, oh my good God, because this man will land in the school and in the oral history from our grand-grandmothers and so on. This man, he was named Ma'afa. And Ma'afa is a very, very horrible catastrophe because he is the one who formed the so-called Schutztruppe in German East Africa, today's Tanzania, Rwanda and Burundi. That's Nyaka Sururu again. Among East Africans, Wisman's soldiers were known for terror and murder, rampaging punitive expeditions and subjugating local populations. At the beginning, at the beginning, I was thinking, oh, might be these people are arrogant or even they are very proud of him and so on. But I came to know that most of the Germans in this generation which we are living, really they are not taught even in the schools. Even this subject about German colonialism was not even being talked nowhere. The Wismann statue was removed by British colonialists before reappearing in Hamburg in the mid-20th century. A new generation of German students tore down the statue in 1967, protesting against the glorification of imperial Germany. Perhaps the biggest lightning rod for Tanzanians confronting Germany over the shared colonial past is the issue of stolen artifacts and human remains looted from East Africans and taken to Germany as war trophies and in some cases research into scientific racism. Hundreds of African skulls were taken from colonial era battlefields or stolen from graves and taken to Germany where they were displayed in museums or withered away in private collections. Very few of these human remains have ever been returned home to be honored in accordance with local customs. It might seem symbolic for the Germans, but definitely for the Tanzanian, it's more than symbolic. To me, it creates what we call a new relational edge. That's Valon Silayo, a Tanzanian archaeologist and historian in Dar es Salaam. We may have seemed to have a good relationship with the Germans. There are a lot of development projects that are going around, but history cannot be forgotten. We need to talk about it, taking responsibility, acknowledging that 
what we did was against human rights. It, it wasn't right at all. And that we apologize. And then those aids and projects will have more meaning. And while there may be few written archives recording the colonial era from a Tanzanian perspective, Celayo says colonialism features extremely prominently in oral histories. When you talk to the people, it's when you really think, understand how people still feel after 60 years of independence, they still remember the trauma they went through colonialism. And they'll vividly tell you, don't mess with the Germans. They can even pinpoint around. For example, in Kilimanjaro, some communities were, were not, don't even want to mention some particular places because they associate with blood and everything. In November 2023, German President Frank-Walter Steinmeier did visit Tanzanians in Songea to ask for forgiveness for German atrocities committed during the Maji Maji War, which cost between 120 to 300,000 African lives. He said Germany was working on returning human remains to their rightful ancestors. It's telling also that in 1964, to commemorate the birth of the United Republic of Tanzania, Kilimanjaro's Kaiser Wilhelm Peak became Uhuru Peak, which means freedom in Kiswahili. Shadows of German Colonialism was brought to you by DW with support from the German Federal Foreign Office. I'm Kai Nebe.